0: Jesus, I firmly believe that You are here, that You see me, that You hear me. Let the light of Your face shine upon me. Watch over me, lead me, and guide me. That with You, evermore, I shop. I adore You with profound reverence. I ask Your pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer. Mary, my mother, Saint Joseph, my father, my guardian angel, intercede for me. This morning I talked about <clears throat> the Apostolic Letter Novo Millennio Yente which was John Paul II's reflection on the Jubilee year. And the next year in 2002, he wrote an apostolic letter called Rosarium Virginis Mariae. And, and we might remember that document because it's when the Luminous Mysteries of the Rosary were introduced. But in the first part of it, he, he continues in this theme of contemplating our Lord's face. In talking about the prayer of the rosary, he says, it blends easily into the spiritual journey of the Christian life, which after 2,000 years has lost none of the freshness of its beginnings and feels drawn by the spirit of God to set out into the deep in order once more to proclaim and even cry out before the world that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. He says, in the sobriety of its elements, it has all the depth of the gospel message in its entirety. Of which it can be said to be a compendium. It is an echo of the prayer of Mary, her perennial magnificat for the work of the redemptive incarnation, which began in her virginal womb. With the rosary, the, the Christian people sits at the school of Mary and is led to contemplate the beauty on the face of Christ and to experience its, the depths of his love. Through the rosary, the, the faithful receive abundant grace as though from the very hands of the mother of the redeemer. And so he talks about the devotion of the rosary as a compendium of the gospel that when we pray the rosary, we're constantly reflecting on the life of our Lord. And so it's a way of getting to know our Lord. it's a way of getting to know our Lord and an important way of getting to know him. Like any relationship, there's levels of intimacy. We get to know somebody slowly. We share our life with them. They ask us our life story. We tell them, we ask them their life story, they tell us. Eventually a kind of emotional bond forms And sometimes that grows into something deeper. And so there's a perspective that Mary gives to us that leads us to contemplate the face of her son, that leads us to know him in a deeper way. And sometimes we have to go back to the beginning with our relationship with our Lord because sometimes our relationship with our Lord doesn't really seem like a relationship. Even sometimes when we're in Eucharistic adoration, we can forget that there's a person that's looking back at us and we have a history with that person. I remember the first time I I went on a retreat day with an opus Dei priest and he exposed the blessed sacrament and then he sat down and he looked over and he was like jesus and just started talking to our lord in a very direct way and i remember thinking like whoa that's weird but it's not weird because he's sitting right there And there's a history in our relationship. And the rosary is properly a contemplative prayer. John Paul II says, Against the background of the words, Ave Maria, the principal events of the life of Jesus Christ pass before the eyes of the soul. They take shape in the complete series of the joyful, sorrowful, and glorious mysteries. And they put us in living communion with Jesus through, we might say, the heart of his mother. At the same time, our heart can embrace in the decades of the rosary, all the events that make up the lives of individuals, families, nations, the church, and all mankind. Our personal concerns and those of our neighbor especially those who are closest to us, who are dearest to us. Thus, the simple prayer of the rosary marks the rhythm of human life. And so, too, as we reflect on the mysteries of the rosary, as we reflect on the life of our Lord, we're reflecting on our own life, too. And we might be reflecting on our own life with our Lord. which is something that's more personal than simply the way that sometimes the rosary has been catechized or introduced into our life or just any devotion has been introduced into our life. Right. so I'm, I'm Irish, right? It's pretty, people know that. My name's Sean Patrick Kilcally. So I grew up learning to pray the Irish rosary, right? And the Irish rosary is prayed extremely fast for a couple of reasons, because, you know, the, the Protestants might come and persecute you. So you have to get your prayers in before they show up. And also you have to prove that you're holier than the family next door. And so you pray really loud and really fast. And, uh And there wasn't a lot of meditation on the mysteries. I don't even think we announced the mysteries when I learned to pray as a kid. But I had a pastor who had a great devotion to the Blessed Mother, and um, the parish that I was in was Saint Mary's. And he would come whenever he taught us our CCD classes. He would he would always emphasize that you're supposed to meditate on the mysteries. And that meditating on the mysteries matters, and that sometimes that takes focus. And there are mysteries for all occasions. You know, at times of deep loneliness or feeling misunderstood. Praying over the agony in the garden is an opportunity to ask our Lord, what was it like for him when he was lonely and misunderstood? When people are praying that they might conceive a child, praying over the Annunciation is a moment that touches their life in a direct way or at the birth of a child, just praying over the birth of our Lord. When you have a disobedient child praying over the finding in the temple. And we can can find our life there. But we find our life there when we enter into something that's more like contemplation. Pope Paul VI said, without contemplation, the rosary is a body without a soul. And its recitation runs the risk of becoming a mechanical repetition of formulas in violation of the admonition of Christ. And praying do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think they will be heard for for their many words. By its nature, the recitation of the rosary calls for a quiet rhythm and a lingering peace, helping the individual to meditate on the mysteries of the Lord's life as seen through the eyes of her who was closest to the Lord. In this way, the unfathomable riches of these mysteries are disclosed. And as we're meditating on these mysteries, we're meditating on a person. We're meditating on Jesus. And we're not just learning things that he taught, but we're learning who he is. And sometimes people might struggle with doing Lexio Divina. Sometimes that's an assignment that I'll give is I'll say, just pick a gospel like Mark's gospel and just start reading through it and just pray through it from beginning to end. And um, maybe they get bogged down or something like that. And I guess as I reflect on my own life, it was in meditating on the mysteries of the rosary that I came to know the Lord the most. It's kind of just easier. But also there's this perspective that Mary brings from her own perspective and her own experience. And she allows us to look at how did she experience him? And that can hit on how we experience him. And as we learn about him from her, again, it, it builds up that kind of emotional intimacy or intimacy with our Lord as we come to know him in a more profound way. And we have experiences of him that nurture our experience of him when we receive him in the Eucharist and when we go to him in adoration. Like liturgical prayer, like the Mass is the highest form of prayer. And it's the place of deepest intimacy with our Lord. And I would say, just like in any relationship, that intimacy is only experienced to the degree that we're in, we have those other levels of intimacy with Him, to the degree to which we know Him. And so it's good for us to just take time and go back and get to know him and watch him and see what our Lord is like. And so I'll give you a couple of examples just from my own prayer life. And um, so we talked in the first homily, I talked about my prayer on retreat when I noticed that Jesus was noticing you know, and there's like the call of Andrew and the call of Nathaniel and they notice that our Lord is noticing. And, and my retreat this year was kind of rough. My car got broken into like Wednesday. So I never had that as a retreat distraction before. But I was burglarized and had to make a police report and call my insurance company. and Some other things were going on. And uh, anyway, so I got to about Thursday and I was really tired. And I just went into chapel and I sat down and I said, Jesus, what do you want to talk about? And the sense that I got from him was, let's just do something fun and kind of lighthearted. And so I spent my time meditating on the wedding feast at Cana. And, uh, and so, so it started off just kind of like a goofy meditation. Like I'm at this wedding feast with all these people and we're like dancing around in a circle. And, and then like, at, like we do at weddings, I end up at a table with a bunch of people and, and our Lord's like over there talking to his mother doing whatever he's doing. And so I'm looking around this table and I was like, how did you guys get here anyways? Cause sometimes we say that at weddings, like, how do you, how do you know these people? And, uh, And Andrew speaks up and he says, you know, well, I was with, I was a follower of John the Baptist and, you know, I was just talking to him one day and then he just kept staring at me and he was staring at me like he knew me. And then John pointed him out and then I just had to be around him. And then Nathaniel speaks up and he's talking about like, yeah, I used to hang out with the Pharisees a lot, but I couldn't stand them. And then our Lord, and then Jesus showed up and he was like, he knew what I was thinking. Peter might say, he just got in my boat. And then they asked me, how did you get here? Yeah, he showed up when my mom died. And then when I was in high school, I, I didn't really have a lot of friends and and I didn't really have a community and then he introduced me to this community then when I was in college my parents got divorced and I was pretty angry at lots of people and basically I like ran away from him and um, I was just really angry for a long time and I was falling into all kinds of sins and And he was always kind of waiting for me. And then Andrew speaks up and he's like, yeah, lots of John the Baptist followers had the same story. And then I went back to him and he welcomed me. And it turned into this kind of beautiful moment of reflecting on like, my relationship with him. And that's the kind of thing that we do in relationships. Like that's what John Paul II is talking about when he says it's in a moment of relating or reflecting on our own lives as they relate to the life of our Lord. I'm spending time noticing who he is. And so that's all the primer I'm really gonna give for this afternoon's time for adoration. But I'd invite you to like pick some of those scenes from the mysteries of the rosary and just spend some time running through them. You may look at that scene And ask Mary specifically, like, what did you notice that day? Like, what did Mary notice when? Our Lord gathered everybody for the Last Supper. Or what did Mary notice when? Our Lord was being scourged at the pillar. Or what did Mary notice on the Feast of Pentecost? And then also to look at those scenes as if you're there. And how do you experience them? How do you experience Jesus in them? And people always ask, like, Father, how do I know if it's me or God who's putting these ideas in my head? Well, that's like what spiritual direction appointments are for. But my general rule of thumb is that if there's anything that's contrary to the gospels, it's not God. So if you're praying over the baptism of Jesus and then other people are going to be baptized and Jesus looks at you and says, no, you don't belong here. That's probably not from God. (laughs) Or if you go to our Lord (laughs) And you say something like, I have been so burdened lately and so busy and I've been neglecting you and I haven't been spending time with you. And he says, yeah, you better shape up. I don't know if he does that in the Gospels anywhere. So that's probably not from God. Which is why it's good to start from the perspective of what's laid out in scripture. or to start from the school of Mary, as John Paul II tells us, so that we can look at it from the perspective of the person who knew him most. And just let yourself be with our Lord in an honest way and a free way. Ask him how he wants to spend this time with you. And we entrust this time and we entrust our hearts to him. And Lord, would I just ask you that, that you speak to each person on this retreat in a way that they can understand and that you speak to them the words that they need to hear from you. Help us to grow in friendship with you. Help us to notice the way that you look at us so that our hearts may be drawn ever closer to you and to your divine love.